At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. What's going on and welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside my co-host Jim Eikenhofer of Pelicans.com. We made it to the weekend. Congrats to everyone involved and now get to ready for a big weekend here in the Big Easy. It's hot but hopefully you all will have a great weekend and we will have one too, but we still have one more podcast to do today. And that is Larry Nance Jr. Part of our player recaps. We'll have three more next week, but we round out the week with one of the newcomers who was a part of the CJ McCollum trade and Jim kind of like CJ McCollum, Larry Nance's eagerness to get going. Once he was traded, he was hurt um, in the process of being acquired by the Pelicans where he had to have his knee scoped. So he was out, well, I think three to four weeks after uh, after yeah. surgery, he had surgery right when he was traded. But we were talking about it off mic here. You know, he was still at every practice whenever he was was here in New Orleans. He was still involved in everything surrounding the team. I just what always stuck out to me is his eagerness and willingness and and wanting to get out and play with these guys, which showed a lot. So it says something about Larry Nance's character. He was immediately, I think, embraced by the media contingent here because his interviews were spectacular, they amazing. Were. Even before, like you said, before he even got on the court, he did not play in a game until late March. Um, his last game with Portland was early January, so he went two-plus months without playing in a game. And as you said, he had a, a stretch here where really all he could do was kind of participate lightly in practice and just be around the guys. But I thought he um, just – his attitude, just like C.J. um you could tell that he really wanted to be here and he was excited about the opportunity. So um, that was something that was appreciated by everyone. I think around here, Um, everyone talked about the trade as the CJ McCollum trade, but as I'm sure we will get into um, that was a a misleading description of the deal because Larry made, ended up making a really big impact. Um, But it it was funny. We were kind of joking. I think even before he actually played his debut game against the bulls, in March um, among the media people saying like, 
we want to just trot Larry out for interviews every day. We've had guys in the past that have been the kind of like that. I remember Solomon Hill was like that when he played here. Yeah. It was like, even if he hadn't played, even if he was a DMP the game before you were like, Hey, let's just, let's all talk to Solomon. Cause he's guaranteed going to have something really interesting and maybe even funny to say. And I think that was the way that Larry was. I mean, just first team, all NBA, all interviews. So it was, it was great having him around even before even set foot in in a game and put a game uniform on. I remember when he was attached to, you mentioned calling it the CJ McCollum trade. I was like, people need to, to talk about this part of it because once he gets healthy, I know he's bounced around with a lot of teams, but he brings a lot to the table, not only on the court, but off the court. And one of those things off the court, Jim, is how, you know, we have a great PR staff, but he might be the best PR hype man <laughs> uh, in within the organization as far as how much he talks to his teammates and how much he pumps them up i remember one of the things we saw on the squad and he talked about it in a lot of his media interviews as he goes to brandon ingram almost every game and reminds him he goes you are the best player on the court mm-hmm. just remember that and that goes a long way when you're talking about a guy like larry nance and even a guy like brandon ingram the confidence that he instills in every other teammate it just shows a lot about the culture and the chemistry that we've talked about throughout these play recaps but Larry, in such a short amount of time, played a huge role in why the culture is so great heading into next season. It was cool to see kind of the evolution of Brandon Ingram that obviously Larry had been a former teammate of him with the Lakers, and now he's rejoined forces with Brandon and been able to see, you know, how much has this guy improved in over the last couple of years and get to see that up close. Um, I think it was 2018, Larry Nance was on, the, was on Cleveland when they made the finals, but before that, he was with the Lakers for a couple seasons and played with BI. So that was cool. But, you know, I think the even someone who doesn't know much about basketball can recognize how great Brandon Ingram was, especially by the end of the season. But I thought it was even cooler to hear Larry discuss some of the other players. He would have kind of a, a spiel that he would give us, and he would say, you know, Jackson Hayes, great athlete, runs the floor, amazing, does stuff I can't believe he – I remember Larry had one interview that was really funny where he talked about how Larry himself is one of the elite athletes in the game, but he still can't do some of the stuff that Jackson Hayes does, for example. Um, talked about Trey Murphy, talked about Jose. I mean, he he could go down the whole roster before Larry had played in a game and just give you, like, here are the reasons why you should be excited about this player and this teammate. And so I thought that was really great as well. Like you said, just sets a, a good tone of positivity and everyone supporting each other, um, which is something that Billy Hernan Gomez, for example, also talked about, that everyone on the team seemed to be good friends with each other and that they were more than happy to to cheer on the accomplishments of everyone else. And, you know, so, sometimes that can be rare in the NBA because everyone has their own agenda and everyone has their own individual things that they want to accomplish. And someone who's playing ahead of you might get in the way of that. But um, Larry was, was great off the charts from that in that perspective or in that category immediately. Let's talk about what he brought on the court, because this was a guy that could shoot from the outside, could finish on the inside. Um, His block shots throughout the season or the second half of the season, he had some big defensive moments, especially um, in the play-in part of it, and his rebounding. I mean, there were some games, I think he had 16 rebounds in one game. Yeah. I think he had back-to-back games with double-digit rebounds, and I believe they were in the play-in or at least at the end for the playoff push. Sorry as my mind is slipping away here as <laughs> I can't remember every game and what happened. But as far as on the court, once he got healthy, he added some depth to that bench and, and gave 
Willie some more options as far as that front core when it was Jonas and Jackson, Billy and Larry. You had so much flexibility depending on the matchups yep. that you could have Larry on the court to help spread the floor, but also guard some some other defenders around the perimeter and not have to be inside all the time. So I think just having Larry in a dual role really helped Willie Green kind of scatter the minutes as far as the front court's concerned. I'm sure everyone listening to this has already read the entire article that I wrote on an overview of it's Larry a requirement Nance. before. Yes, check that before. Yes, you can I'm, listen. I'm sure you also read it as well from front front to back, maybe even twice. Five but times. One of the th- one of the things I addressed in there that it's kind of astounding to think the impact that Larry made. He played a total of 17 games. Now this is not 17 regular season games. This is 17 total games. He played nine games in the regular season, and then he played in all eight postseason games. So to your point, though, I mean, he was able to provide so many different areas and check off so many different boxes. Um, he had, by the way, he had 16 rebounds in the play-in game against okay, the Clippers. So that okay. was, and I mean, that was, to me, he had a bunch of games. He he only played, you know, like I said, um, 17 total, but he had a handful or more of games that you were like, they might not have won this game if if, it, if they didn't have him on that night. And I think the Clippers playing game was probably the best example of that, that without him, that's probably a loss and your season's over. But he had 14 points, um, 16 rebounds, four assists. He was seven for eight from the field. Um, he had seven offensive rebounds, which is massive. I don't, I don't have how many minutes he played in that game, but it wasn't a ton. I think it might have been 25 to 30, somewhere in that range. Um, so, you know, I think we saw too in the playoffs that there's a very specific role that bigs need to play, especially guys that come off the bench. You need them a lot of times defensively to be mobile. They need to be able to handle switches where, you know, they're switched onto a guard. Can they move their feet well enough? Um, they need to be in the right position so that you, you know, you don't, you don't, don't get taken advantage of and pick and rolls and stuff like that. So just his versatility was so important. And I think, one of the reasons why it's exciting to know that you're going to be able to have him next year coming off the bench and being able to, to um, plug in, plug different holes of different things that you need, you know, that he he's kind of the prototype to me in terms of that, that big man that's athletic and, and can do so many different things and, and really can play a lot of different styles. And that, like I said, that comes into play a lot during the playoffs. And it just shows, you know, when we do these player recaps, you know, shows that, him being a part of these kind of tells you what type of, you know, production he was able to get in just a short amount of time. The fact that we were talking about him with only playing in, in 17 total games with the Pelicans. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you ask the average person, and I actually did this kind of informally myself here around these parts, I asked people if you had to go back, if, if you had to guess how many games he played and how many minutes he played, what do you think it would be? And everyone guessed way higher than the total games he played here and way higher in ter- terms of the total minutes. So it just goes to show you, I mean, he had to be part of the season review, even though technically on paper, you know, his his stats or his total stats at least were not not as high as all of the other players that we reviewed. But, I mean, incredible difference that he made from really – and it's funny too to even – you know, I mentioned all of the numbers in terms of games played in minutes, but if his debut was March 24th, that means his last game was April 28th. So he, ba- he basically was on the court – and in uniform for only, for barely more than a month, but just to think about what of a, how much of an impact and difference he made during that that brief span. Really crazy to think about when he put it that way. That's for sure. 
Um, last thing, let's talk about the Twitter poll question. You can follow Jim on Twitter at Jim underscore Eichenhofer. Follow me on Twitter at D Salerson, but I'm pretty boring. But, eh, you know, sometimes I can have some fun. Sometimes you have your moments. I have my moments. <laughs> Appreciate that. More of my burner accounts is where I have the most fun. Um, Jim, what was the uh, Twitter poll question, and what were uh, what were some of the responses that stuck out to you? Yeah, the question was, what, what do you think were the most beneficial aspects of New Orleans acquiring Larry Nance in a midseason trade from Portland? Um, I think one of the ones that stood out the most was from Kimballer5, who simply responded, Twitter memes. Which is a big contribution, and I don't think Herbert Jones would agree because a lot of them were about Herbert. Yes. And the fact that I think Herb was one, one of them was like he was a police officer. Yes, um, yes. I forget the other ones, but Larry, we it goes back to talking about being the best hype man. Uh, he was definitely that the, the memes definitely were, were, were on point for Larry Nance. Yeah. I don't know how many of them Larry created himself. That's true. I think that a lot of them, they, but he was instrumental in the heavy, heavy promotion of them. And obviously when the, when fans or any of us see another player jump on board, it, it, it takes it to a different level. But, um, but yeah, he was, for some reason, Larry just loved the, the herb, memes and like you said that was one of one of the really popular ones was it was like officer herb is gonna lock you down or yeah. something like that and it, it was so funny though to, to it was it was it cracked me up to think of the conversation that those two guys had behind the scenes where herb who doesn't say a lot made sure that he went up to larry and told him like hey man can you can you cool it with the memes yeah. i don't need any more memes and if in some ways i think larry because of i mean we don't know larry super well yet but um my impression of him is that he told Herb, like, yeah, 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 sure, no problem. I'll I'll make sure that I do that. And then the next day he was back There's on, another the, one. on the internet. He's like, you're not <laughs> stopping me. No, that's what's great. I think that for me, talking about the aspect that benefited the most for Larry, his off the court, I think. And, again, this doesn't mean he wasn't talented on the court. But I think just having another veteran presence in that locker room with such a young team that just meshed real quickly, sometimes in a trade – um, we saw it on the court. You know, they lose the first four games with C.J. McCollum. It could be tough, but also it could be different personalities when they join off the court as well when you have new players and you trade two likable guys and Josh Hart and Akil could be like, oh, who are these guys? You know, they better mm-hmm. not mess up the locker room. Right. That was the furthest from the truth when it comes to all three of them, even Tony Snell. Um, you can just tell how happy he was to be a part of this team too. So for me, it was off the court that kind of, I thought the Pelicans benefited the most from his joining the team. And I think in keeping with what you could regard as kind of a general theme of the season overall, whether it was you get a second round pick that turns out to be sixth place in rookie of the year voting, you get an undrafted guy who's insanely important. And during the playoffs and popular Um, Larry Nance ended up being, you know, to me, vastly exceeding, expectations in terms of you know nationally people barely talked about him in the trade and he ends up being a key piece and he was I I know David Griffin said this about CJ McCollum and I'm sure he would say the same thing about Larry Nance as well if he was asked specifically about it but to me Larry ended up being exactly what they what the team needed and it seemed like across the board this season there were so many cases where it was like we need this we got exactly what we needed and I think that's probably one of the better ways I could sum up what the difference that Larry made here in the brief amount of time that he played. Jim, you're exactly what we need here with the New Orleans Pelicans <laughs> and your player recaps and your wisdom and your insight and your personality. So, Jim, I appreciate it. You could read his articles on pelicans.com or the mobile app. 
Three more to go. Devontae Graham on Monday, Najee Marshall Tuesday, and we'll wrap things up with Billy Hernan Gomez on Wednesday. Are you trying to say something or you have something witty to say <laughs> or a put No, down? I was just going to be like, what a, what an amazing segue. You had to lie to do it, but hey, it, it worked out perfectly. That's all part of the job, Jim. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Until Monday, hope you all have a great weekend. For Jim, I'm Daniel. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by CQ.